Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, we're going to talk all about how Shake Milton will be replacing the production and really the roles of both Jalen Noel and Jordan McLaughlin in the Wolves rotation. Yes, J-Mac is still on the team, but I think Milton's effectively replacing his role in the rotation. We'll also talk about ESPN's latest offseason power rankings. It's all coming to the show. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to us by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Hump Day. And a big thank you for making Locked On Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can find Locked On Wolves. You can also watch on the Locked On Sports Minnesota app, which can be found on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. This show, along with all the other Minnesota podcasts at Locked On, are available there. More great local sports coverage 24-7, and it's free. Of course, uh, the midst of an exciting baseball season, the Twins still in first place. Uh, the the I guess the midst of the offseason for hockey, but also football starting up. So both the Golden Gophers Lockdown Show and Lockdown Vikings uh, are, are where you need to be to get all your football um, info here as we lead into training camp and the start of the season for both. Again, download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. All right. Uh, oh, you can also follow at Twitter. Got to put that in there too. At Lockdown T Wolves and also at my account, which is at B Beacon. And that's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right. On Tuesday's show, I spent much of the program talking about how um, Troy Brown Jr. and Nikhil Alexander-Walker would effectively be replacing Torian Prince and, and what his role was. Of course, Alexander-Walker, the Wolves acquired at the deadline last year, but they get it's his first full season in Minnesota, and they also had to re-sign him. So I, I would include him in this conversation as a quote-unquote newcomer, in a sense. Uh, at least his role will be new, right? Because last year he um, didn't really have one. He was in and out of the lineup a little bit until McDaniels got hurt in the final game of the regular season. Um, and then his role became a little more cement or a lot more cemented at that point. But I, the, the argument I made Tuesday, I won't rehash the whole thing um, because hopefully you listened to Tuesday's show already is that the Wolves essentially out are Torian Prince, Jalen Noel, and you know Jordan McLaughlin. I put that in air quotes because he's still on the roster, but I think he's out of the top 10, you know, 10-man rotation, if you will. And are Nikki Alexander-Walker, in quotes, because he was on the team, but not for the whole season, plus Shake Milton and Troy Brown Jr. So I talked on Tuesday about how effectively Torian Prince is being replaced by Brown and Alexander-Walker in terms of both positionally, because it's kind of the role Alexander Walker will play, uh, I think, from from the beginning is kind of that that bigger three type role, even though he, you know, he's a two three, he's not a three four. None of these guys are really power forwards, right? Uh, but that's because the Wolves paid a bunch of money to Nas Reed and they still have Kyle Anderson. So Prince actually played mostly the three last year anyway, because of both Nas Reed and Kyle Anderson. So I that's effectively what we're doing here is replacing Prince with Alexander Walker. Brown and and uh, uh, Shake Milton are kind of both two guards, right? So what we're doing today is we're going to examine 
Noel and McLaughlin both exiting the rotation. And why, I, I in my mind, I think of Shake Milton as kind of replacing both of them in a sense. Um, now, part of this is because McLaughlin missed a huge chunk of games last year anyway. So he wasn't in the rotation. But when the season started, he was the backup point guard and Jalen Well was the backup shooting guard. And that was kind of the way things were going to roll until McLaughlin got hurt. And then it ended up being more Jalen Noel and more Anthony Edwards running the second unit. And then eventually a little bit of Alexander Walker, a little bit of Torian Prince. It was just kind of a rotating cast of characters. And of course, Noel dealt with some injuries the second part of the season too. But we'll dig into like the numbers and why, why I, you know, try and kind of back up my theory with the numbers. But I think what the Wolves are doing is they said, Look, we got a taste of a high usage bench guard running our second unit and getting his when he wanted and trying to be that microwave scorer off the bench in Jalen Noel. And and it last year it didn't result in anything positive. Two years ago, yes, he was very good off the bench. Last year, the shooting efficiency was down, and you know, we'll get into the numbers again, but it just wasn't as good of a season for Jalen Noel. And the Wolves bench unit really struggled. Even though he scored, it wasn't. It was more volume scoring than anything else, and he didn't create for anyone else. So it ended up just being Jalen Noel, you know, hey, go out there and try and get hot. Or it was plugging Anthony Edwards back into the game, you know, subbing him out with some most of the starters on the floor, having the bench unit give him two or three minutes each half where Jalen Noel is kind of running the show, and then it's plug Ant back in and have him try and steady the ship with the reserves. I actually think that's kind of the plan going into the season, but instead of two or three high usage minutes with Jalen Noel, it's let's use two or three minutes of Shake Milton kind of running the show where he can also create for others. And then also he'll play better off the ball with Anthony Edwards. He's a better off ball player. Uh, Noel was never really effective without the ball in his hands. He had to be attacking and he was actually pretty good at, at creating for himself. Even last year, most of the numbers will bear that out, but he didn't do much for anybody else. It wasn't generating easy shots for teammates. Whereas Shake Milton's a little better at that and will be better playing off the ball. when Anthony Edwards is the one that's given the keys to that reserve unit. You know, it'll be basically be Ant plus whichever mix and, and match of, 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 um, reserve wings and guards Chris Finch has on the floor at the time. Now, a lot of the time, the Wolves will be staggering Carlton Towns and Rudy anyway. So it'll either be Towns or Gobert at center, most likely potentially Nas at the four, and then some combination of Shake Milton, Troy Brown Jr. and uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, two of those three with Anthony Edwards. And that's going to kind of be what we see a lot of, I think, off the bench. And actually throw Kyle Anderson in there too. Um, potentially it's Nas at the five and Kyle Anderson at the four, right? Um, the Wolves have a lot of guys that they got to try and find minutes for this season. So I want to dig into, again, the numbers at B-Ball Index specific to Shake Milton versus Jalen Newell and Jordan McLaughlin and kind of break down the areas in which the Wolves are improving. And then I want to spend a little bit more time on Thursday's show of, of kind of combining what I'm what what I did what I'm doing today and what I did yesterday on Tuesday's show, which is what are, the, what are the things the Wolves are chasing? What are the qualities in these newcomers in Shake Milton, Troy Brown Jr., Nikhil Alexander-Walker? that the Wolves were clearly going after with these acquisitions. And there's a few things that if you listen to both these shows, they'll stand out to you, but I'm going to kind of tie a bow on it on Thursday's show. Um, so that's the plan here for uh, for the next couple of days. Uh, but today, let's get into Shake versus Noel and McLaughlin. Uh, we're going to do that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at FanDuel. 
Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel. Get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think might hit the first home run in any given game. All that is on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. It's the height of baseball season. We're not quite yet to the dog days of summer. The Twins are still in first place in the American League Central. So if you are a Minnesota baseball fan, it's a good time to get involved at FanDuel. And also, we're on the cusp of football starting. Training camps are underway this week for, I believe, every team. Preseason starts in like 10 days or something like that. Uh, So there's plenty of football to bet as well. But of course, there's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, so taking a look at the B-Ball Index profiles. Again, it's bball-index.com. It's a subscription service that does a bunch of different things, including aggregating advanced stats from other sites that have proprietary stats, a lot of proprietary stuff, including catch-alls and really in the weed stats. So we spent some time on Tuesday talking about um, several things that Troy Brown Jr. and Nikhil Alexander-Walker do better than Torian Prince that maybe you wouldn't have expected, um, and including Troy Brown Jr. being a better all-around three-point shooter based on the numbers than Torian Prince, which we talked about this with Lockdown Lakers last Friday. Is it real? Is it not? Because last year was a career best shooting year for Troy Brown Jr. That's a conversation we covered then. And uh, we'll probably be asking ourselves quite a bit early in the season. What are the, you know, are the Wolves counting on this? Uh, But anyway, that's one example of something that was uncovered here at B-Ball Index. So let's go. There's kind of these eight major categories that they lead with on all their profiles. And we're going to go through those categories quick and I'll point out where some of the differences are. And, and I was actually a little bit surprised. I was expecting Jalen Noel's numbers to not be quite as favorable as they were. Um, so the first one is three-point shooting. Shake Milton gets a B in three-point shooting. Jalen Noel, a B minus. And Jordan McLaughlin has a C. Finishing, Jalen Noel's an A. Shake Milton's an A minus. Jordan McLaughlin's a C plus. Playmaking, both Shake Milton and Jalen Noel got a B. Jordan McLaughlin, an A minus. Perimeter isolation defense. D's for both Jake Milton and Jalen Noel. Not surprising. Um, and, and I'll dig a bit more into that here in a minute. Offensive rebounding doesn't matter as much for this role, but Shake has a C, Noel a D. Defensive rebound and uh, McLaughlin an F. Defensive rebounding, a C plus for Noel, whereas Shake has a C. And so does Jordan McLaughlin. Offensive impact. This was interesting to me. Jalen Noel got an A minus in offensive impact last year, according to B-Ball Index, Shake only got a B. And then defensive impact, they're both an F, and Jordan McLaughlin's a B. Let's talk about defense first, because I don't think it'll take a whole lot of time to uh, to discuss. Neither are good defenders. In fact, at ESPN, their uh, real plus minus stat, which, um, which it's my favorite kind of catch-all, if you will, but obviously should not be taken as gospel, and context matters, all of those things. So, you know, disclaimers, Disclaimers, disclaimers. Uh, but in defensive real plus minus, 96 shooting guards last season. Malik Monk was 96, the worst one. 95th was Jalen Noel, the second worst among shooting guards, according to ESPN defensive real plus minus. Shake Milton was 82nd. He was only 13 spots higher. Now, the the difference in actual, the value is very different. Shakes was a minus 3.99, whereas Jalen was minus 6.16. So that's like, two and a quarter points worse almost um, in terms of the the real plus minus value. So all that to say, 
Um, I still think it's notable, but they're both bad. Incidentally, Austin Rivers was at 87th with a minus 4.2, so worse than Shake uh, and only slightly better than Jalen Noel. So that's another topic. I don't want to dig too much into that today, but Austin Rivers is effectively this team's 11th man last year. And if you're bumping Jordan McLaughlin from 10 to 11 or you're putting, say, Josh Bynett's your 11th guy or whatever when it's all said and done, like plugging any of these guys in instead of Austin Rivers, remember he was essentially like the fourth or fifth option to guard point of attack. Like if McDaniels, Anthony Edwards, um, and I guess later in the season, Alexander Walker or Torian Prince weren't available or whatever, or if McLaughlin, you know, when McLaughlin was hurt and the Wolves needed a defender on a tough guard, it was Austin Rivers being asked to do it. And there was a time and a place when Austin Rivers is a good perimeter defender. That time and place is not 2023. So, um, that's another place. Again, these these improvements on the margins. We'll talk about ESPN's power rankings here at the end of the show. I think a lot of times these mar- improvements on the margins get completely overlooked in the offseason. And, and of course, we don't know exactly how they'll play out. Things change year to year. But this is another example of like Shake Milton isn't a good defender, but he's marginally better than Jalen Noel and Austin Rivers, right? Um, that's not why the Wolves acquired Shake Milton. It wasn't because he's a good defender. He's not, but he's marginally better than Jalen Noel. Um, and they didn't acquire him because he's marginally better either, but it's a bonus, right? Uh, so I you know, I think it's important to point that out, that while they're both poor defenders and and specifically Jalen Noel, but also include Austin Rivers in the conversation, Shake Milton's marginally better. Shooting is where I want to spend the majority of my time. Um because on its face, you'd say, okay, well, Jalen Noel had a really poor shooting season. He was like 29%, actually a little below that outside the arc. This coming off of a really solid year before. I mean, remember two years ago, Jalen Noel was what? 39.4% for three last year. He was 289 um, Shake was uh, actually had, I think, like a career worst year from three last year. It was around 35-ish percent or something like that, actually. Well, here, I have it right here. Um, so, it, you know, that was an area where I was expecting the impact to be much greater, according to Basketball Index, uh, or excuse me, B-Ball Index. Uh, Shake was 38%, 37.8% last year. But Noel, actually, his numbers looked much better than I was expecting. And it's primarily because of his ability to create his own shot from outside the arc. Um, the actual results weren't anywhere near what Shake Milton did. And here's another theme that you would have seen Tuesday, and we'll talk more about it Thursday, and we'll talk about why. Above the break shooting three-pointers, Jalen Noel was 30.9% above the break, which is 45th percentile. So call it 31%. That's a C-minus at B-Ball Index for shooting threes. If you're not familiar with that term, it's essentially where that the notch is, where it goes from a quarter three-point shot to a non-quarter three-point shot. Above the, above the break... Jalen Noel was 31%, 45th percentile from outside the arc. Shake Milton last year, 41.9%, call it 42%. So 11 points better than Jalen Noel. 31%, Jalen Noel above the break, 42%, Shake Milton. That's 92nd percentile. That's an A. He was in the 92nd percentile across the entire NBA in shooting threes above the break. We talked about this related to Nikhil Alexander Walker yesterday on Tuesday's show and also um and also Troy Brown Jr. Both of them are very good above the break. Surprisingly so. Um especially Nick Alexander Walker. And again, we'll get more to that Tuesday. We'll talk about why, but Prince was not good above the break. Neither was Jalen Noel. So this is another example of like if you just look at a box score and you say, okay, well this guy's a better shooter than that guy. So that's why they're doing this. Or, you know, just on its face a move that might not make sense. 
it's because the Wolves front office and coaching staff and every team's front office coaching staff, they go a layer or two or three or four deeper. It's not simply in a vacuum, right? Because you could say in a vacuum, Jalen Newell is a better on-ball scorer. Sure. But who's the better actual fit? And even the B-ball index numbers would would say that. Like, what was the what was the one I just mentioned? The, the overall offensive impact actually says Jalen Newell had a better grade than Shake Milton. But which player fits the Wolves' needs more? And in the case of Shake Milton, he's a better above the three-point uh, above the break three point shooter. And that's a better fit for the Wolves. He's a better creator for others. We'll get into that in a second. That's a better fit for the Wolves than Jalen Noel. They decided they didn't need that high usage bench score because he's a very specific acquired taste, if you will. The Wolves have a couple guys that create their own shot, a couple few guys. But I mean, Anthony, between Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, you're usually going to have one of them on the floor. So you don't need another player who's far less efficient saying like, okay, I'm going to take this game over and score. That's not what you need. You need somebody who can orchestrate an offense and fit an off-ball role when Ant is dominating the ball. And Shake Milton is that guy. He's a better above-the-break three-point shooter than Jalen Noel. Catch and shoot. Shake Milton last year, 40%. Catch and shoot. That's 76th percentile. Jalen Noel, 28.3%. 24th percentile. So a far better catch catch and shoot player, Shake Milton is versus Jalen Noel. So right there, there's all your off ball stuff, all that packaged up, just the above the break shooting and the catch and shoot threes. That's what the Wolves want out of this role is a guy that can play off the ball. He can also, and we'll talk about the on ball stuff in a second because I do think Shake Milton will. He essentially ran point guard for chunks of his time in Philadelphia, and I think he'll do that for portions of his time in Minnesota. So we'll talk about that in a second, but just the off-ball stuff, the Wolves aren't going to ask Shake Milton to do a whole ton other than catch and shoot and initiate some some offense, uh, but he can also create for himself. The finishing at the rim is actually in the same neighborhood as Jalen Noel. Um, you know, rim shot creation, 84th percentile, that's an A-. minus. Percent at the rim, unassisted, 83rd percentile, that's an A-. minus. Uh, drives for 75 possessions, 86th percentile, that's an A-. minus. So a lot of, a lot of, really positive numbers in terms of getting to the basket and finishing at the basket. And Noel's numbers are good there too. But just the, the fact that Shake is able to do that, but he's also able to play the off-ball role far in a far better way than Jalen Noel. I think I think all of that is, is extremely important. All right, I do want to get to some on-ball stuff. Uh, I think there's a, there's a really important stat over at B-Ball Index called true usage. And that to me was a little bit illuminating. And how how um, Shake Milton will fit in the fabric of the Wolves bench and the team, the roster overall, much better than Jalen Noel. We'll close with uh, a quick thought on ESPN's latest power rankings, uh, and that'll be today's show. All right, uh, one thought real quick that I, I missed uh, regarding uh, defense is ball screen navigation. That's another area that Shake Milton was better at last season than uh, Jalen Noel. Even though they were both poor defenders, his ball screen navigation, 80th percentile, that's a B plus. And Jalen Noel was 74th percentile, it's a B. So not significantly better, but that's another theme we'll talk about Thursday that's clear that the Wolves are adding guys who are better at navigating ball screens, uh, you know, essentially at the top of the floor and just kind of being a pest defensively because the Wolves at times last year did a really poor job with ball pressure. So we'll talk more about that Thursday, but I wanted to point that out. Um, the last thing related to offense is that true usage 
mark. So I talk a lot about usage rate on the show. It's now a pretty mainstream way to describe. It's essentially, well, it's exactly what it sounds like, right? It's how many possessions a player uses. So um, if you're finishing the possession in a shot, a free throw attempt, um, you know, that's essentially, that's what it is, right? Like the possession, how did the possession end and who is responsible for it, right? It could be, you know, turnovers are included in there. Um, So you're better players and your scorers are going to have high usage rates. For instance, Jalen Wellester had a 25% usage rate, which is very high for, well, really anybody, but especially for somebody that had a difficult season in terms of offensive efficiency. Um, so like here, real quick for context, let me just pull usage rate leaders for the Wolves. Anthony Edwards had a 29.9% usage rate. Towns was 25.6. Jalen Well was 25%. So he was third on the Wolves in usage rate last season. And Shake Milton's usage rate is is obviously much lower, right? Because he basically ran point guard. He was on a team that uh, had a lot of guys that needed the ball in their hands, right? Um, but this is just another example of of why he's a better fit for the Wolves than Jalen Noel. Um, but his usage rate last year was 18.5%. So still fairly high for a bench guard. Um, but you know, that, that was like slightly higher than like comparing it to Wolves players, slightly higher than Mike Conley, slightly higher than Nikhil Alexander Walker, but below, you know, D'Angelo Russell Nas Reed, right? So that's about right. But true usage rate, which I think is really fascinating, tells a little bit of a different story. And essentially what true usage rate does is it also takes into account assists and hockey assists and basically the flow of the offense. Um, there's a full explanation actually over at Nylon Calculus. Well, I think technically it was still fan-sided at the time. This is an article by Seth Partnow, who um, ran basketball research for the Bucks for several years, and I've referenced some of his stuff before. He writes for The Athletic now. But he invented this true usage mark that was pulled by B-Ball Index. And essentially what it's trying to do is, is it's trying to try to pull together all the shots that one creates for themselves, more of a traditional usage rate, but also for others um, by pulling in that that portion like are you creating shots for others too and it includes hockey assists the the pass to the pass that leads to the assist that leads to the basket um it incorporates overall um involvement in offense and Jalen Noel last year had a 7.4% usage rate despite his or excuse me true usage rate 7.4% true usage rate despite a usage rate of 25% Shake Milton had a had an overall offensive usage rate that's like seven points lower, but his true usage was higher than Jalen Noel's. It was a 7.85% compared to Noel's 7.4%. This is essentially the case in point of why the Wolves wanted to do this. Shake Milton is a better, and I don't say this as a slight to Jalen Noel, he's a better team basketball player in the sense that he can create more for others and be a seamless part of, of a machine in a better way than Jalen Noel. I mean, look at how Chris Finch wants to play, right? Chris Finch talks all the time about playing with bumpers and guardrails and just like playing within the system and letting the guys go and, and, you know, operate out of these loose sets and just kind of figure it out. Well, Jalen Noel's figuring it out was usually just running pick and roll and either scoring for himself or kicking to a teammate. And at times it was effective, especially two years ago. But Shake Milton understands the flow of the offense and is willing to play both on and off the ball in a much uh, more consistent way. He's a better, we talked about how he's better catch and shoot. Uh, he's better above the break. He's also very comfortable playing off the ball and, and you know, both catching and shooting and also cutting. He can also uh, operate in, in ball screens himself as uh, as the ball handler. He could do some of the things that Jalen Noel did. 
But this true usage rate shows that he could be a cog in the machine, which I mean that in a very good way, because if you're not Anthony Edwards or Carl Anthony Towns or Rudy Gobert, it's effectively what you are. I mean, like some are are more important and bigger cogs than others, like a Kyle Anderson. The Wolves were relying on Jalen Noel to be a significant part of their success last year, and he was not. Now the Timberwolves can say, hey, we know, we think we know what we have in Nikhil Alexander-Walker. We're adding two guys who were on playoff teams last year and successful playoff teams in Troy Brown Jr. and Shake Milton. They both were cogs in their respective machines and played a role. We think they're more prepared to do that than Jalen Noel was last season. And this true usage statistic is is one it's again one number and and I always want to be careful just picking one number and that's why I kind of saved it for last like I don't want this whole argument to be built around true usage but I think it's illuminating I think it shows us essentially what the wolves are trying to capture here or maybe maybe a better way to say that is it captures what the wolves are trying to do is is find a player who can they can slot into this ninth man eighth man role and say, hey, we want the offense to continue operating with you on the floor as it did with the starters. We want you to run the offense for two to three to four minutes on a given night, and then Ant's going to come in, and you're going to play off the ball. And that's something that Jalen Noel was never really comfortable with, and Shake Milton absolutely should be. And when he's on the floor, the Wolves should have a better offense than when Jalen Noel was on the floor last year. Despite the overall offensive impact number for Jalen Noel or the grade being better at people index, I think Shake Milton has a greater and more positive impact because if you again, if you dig a layer deeper, as the Wolves front office is no doubt doing, the actual shot profile fits better. The actual decision making fits better. All of those things fit what the Wolves already have better than what Jalen Noel did. And that's why the Wolves ultimately made this move. Thursday show, as I mentioned earlier, I want to talk about a few of these key characteristics across the board for the newcomers for Shake, for Troy Brown Jr., and uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker, who again, I usually use the term newcomer for Alexander Walker. But what are the key qualities that the Wolves searched for in deciding to sign and re-sign those players that they're replacing in Torian Prince, Jalen Noel, Jordan McLaughlin in the rotation? What are those key qualities overall, overarching, um, and why the Wolves are doing it? So we'll do that on Thursday's show. That's all we have for you today. Big thank you for listening, for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at Beacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.